Hey guys, I'm Jenny. And I'm Wendy. We're sisters, business partners, and your hosts of Pure Motherhood Uncensored. A podcast for real talk on all things motherhood, where we will talk pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and share stories about raising kids, our upbringing, relationships, and of course, business. On this podcast, we're totally unfiltered. We don't hold anything back. Some episodes might not be safe for the little ears. So if you're easily triggered, this might not be for you because we are not your traditional motherhood brand. Listen in if you like real and raw conversations and are open-minded. Follow along as we pioneer a new era of motherhood. It's time to shift the paradigm of what traditional motherhood looks like. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Pure Motherhood Uncensored, episode four. Yippee! (laughs) So excited because we are doing it and we're showing up and we're recording video, uh, recording podcast episodes like we wanted to and we're getting it done. Um, Yeah. yeah. Right now we're we're putting out episodes every two weeks. The hope is to eventually do a weekly thing, eventually to also do like a YouTube thing too. But for now, even though we are crazy busy, we're like, nope, we got to put out this episode. We got to put this out this episode. So on that note, actually a quick little update. Um, if you're new to this, ep- uh, this podcast or, um, or not, but we have been going through a whole rebranding process and we want to give a quick update on that. Um, basically we're calling it our rebirth, but where there's an episode, I think it's episode one or two talking all about why we're rebranding, um, like what's, what's it behind it. And then, um, we have, um, let's see yesterday, actually we got our new, um, we did a photo shoot like two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. Got our new pictures yesterday. And OMG, they are fire, fire, fuego, amazing, incredible. Yeah. We did a whole reveal on the TV with the kids and just, it was pretty amazing to, to kind of see it yourself was, in that light. Yeah. I felt like it was like a little bit surreal because I'm like, oh my gosh, that's me. Um, you know, obviously that's what I look like. Uh, not that done up every day, but it's just, um, it was, it's just really cool to see how far we've come. Cause they are, when you guys see it, I wish we could share every single picture, like just back to back. So you could see how incredible these pictures are. Um, thanks so much to Jessica Carvajal, right. Is her last name. Oh yeah. Um, photography here in Orlando. She did an incredible job and we wish we could share all the pictures every single day, but um, it's just so crazy to see how far we've come in like the transformation from our first photo shoot. It's completely different and not just in the pictures, but the rebrand in general. So um, stay tuned for that. We will be sharing so much more, especially next week, which is technically the unofficial launch date of our rebirth. Yeah. Yep. And then with that, we also, this coming Sunday, April 10th, we have our very first in-person masterclass called birth, like a mother. Um, if you don't know, we've done these classes before online and it used to be called birth, like a badass, which, um, yeah, we changed the name and we're now doing a whole in-person experience is what we're calling it. So it is like an event. 
where we'll have, um, it's a small number of women, like under 12 women that get together and we will, we make it fun in the sense that everyone, we have a photographer there, everyone gets a bump photo that they can take with them. You get to eat and drink and mingle. Um, and then for, um, and then Wendy and I will teach a class on kind of um, just those like things that we see that gets in the way of women getting the birth experience that they want, what those things are, um, how you can overcome those and not, not do that. And, um, and also kind of how to just turn a lot of this like fear and worry and anxiety that we see into confidence so that you can get that birth of your dreams, whatever it is that you choose. Um, so that's this Sunday. We're super excited about that, but it is our first time. So we're nervous, but excited at the same time. Very excited. Um, and we're really excited to, this is kind of going to be going to part of the conversation to just change the way that birth is done from the get-go. And so this would be in these classes. And when we posted the first time we posted about this class that we have coming up and what it's going to look like, you know, where it's going to be like a mocktail bar and light bites, and you're going to have like a baby bump picture taken and all of that. Um, uh, a follower of ours, uh, she responded and she said, oh man, that sounds so much better than folding chairs in the back of a hospital auditorium or cafeteria. And it's like, yeah, because we want to change. I mean, birth is important and it's um, it should be treated as such because it is very important and it shouldn't be an afterthought of folding chairs with some water and like bananas in the back of a like <laughs> gross the cafeteria of a hospital with the horrible lighting. Like, no, we want you to feel pampered and just, you know, like you mean something and we want to take care of you and feel like you're important because you are, because you're bringing a whole human into the world. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, if you don't follow us on Instagram, please be sure to do so at pure motherhood co. Cause we're going to be sharing behind the scenes. Um, since, especially since this is the first one. Yeah. Yeah. So this episode, like Wendy said, it's, it's called the evolution of the birth experience. And, um, we actually just posted a reel about this, um, like an hour ago or something. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we wanted to share a lot about, um, just how, how we got here, mm -hmm. <laughs> how the hell did we get to this position where women are not in the driver's seat? of their own birth experience. Like mm -hmm. how the hell did we get here? Yes. We have a lot of thoughts and also some kind of like boring little stats, but they're important to kind of go. They're not boring. They're actually very interesting. Cause even when I was researching them, I, I was like, were like, wow, this is wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm like, cause you know, you know that things aren't right, but you don't know when you hear a number and that's like a fact behind it. You're just like, oh wait, that's actually, wow. That's very eye opening. Yeah. You know me, yeah. I love me some stats and facts, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So you want to get into it? Yeah, let's get into it. So yeah, basically birth hasn't changed since the beginning of time. The actual uh, process of birth, which is a woman laboring the uh, way that her, that our bodies work, the mechanics and, you know, how 
um, miraculous that process is has not changed since the first woman gave birth a million years. I don't know the exact year, <laughs> but a million years ago, pretty, pretty much. People have been, been giving birth, obviously, since the beginning of time. And it's been the same since then. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like we kind of like it sounds like a very like um, basic thing, like, duh. But mm-hmm. I feel like we forget that we yeah. forget that nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. We've been doing this. Um, you know, and that's like a really cool affirmation that I don't remember the exact words, but it's like when you're in labor, it's like thousands, millions of women are doing this with me like right now. And, you know, in the back of, you know, a long time ago. Um, mm-hmm. so it's empowering to know that like, yo, everybody, not everybody, but lots of people have done this before me. I'm going to be all right. I'm going to be just, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And I mean, don't get us wrong. We're not saying that you know, nothing should have changed since the first woman gave birth, you know, probably in a hut somewhere, you know, um, or in a cave, right. you know, obviously things needed to progress, but it's just like where, how far it's come, I would say in the past, like 50 years, how much things have changed and shifted to the negative is where we need to, it's time for us to course correct and be like, wait, hold up, hold up. We're going way too far into the extreme of the woman has no power. And it's like, wait, but I'm the one that's given birth, not you, doctor, nurse person. I'm the one that's giving birth. Why don't, why am I giving my power over to you? And that seems like the shift that has happened over the, in the past, like 50 or so years is that whereas the mother was catered to for all of, since the beginning of time, um, as a birthing woman, um, you know, now the woman isn't catered to anymore. You know, it's like, show up, you get a a wristband. Um, and then like, we'll check in on you every once in a while. And then like, you know, we'll intervene and get that baby out one way or another. And it's like, wait, hold up, hold up. Where did the shift change where the power left the woman and went into, gave it to the medical system system? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, it's like, our thing is all about, um, making sure that the women, the woman feels in the driver's seat. She feels in control of all of her decisions. She feels like she has the power. That's like, that's our thing. If you know us, um, that's always what we've talked about. And, you know, it's just birth is such a, uh, vulnerable time in a woman's life. It's, it's a scary time and Mm -hmm. it sucks that basically the medical industry profits from that. They're profiting Mm -hmm. from the fear, you know, it's, what do they say? It's profitable to scare women in in labor or something like that. That's Mm -hmm. exactly what is, what it's happening. Yeah. You know, what's crazy. I just thought of, um, over, I don't, I don't know the exact stat of when women like, you know, got all of their rights, like voting rights happened. I think it was, I want to say the sixties. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. 50s, 60s, something like that. Women have gotten so much more powerful in the last 50, 60 years, as far as like 
breaking the glass ceiling through the glass ceiling and, you know, CEOs and company, you know, back in the day, you couldn't even get a bank account opened without your husband. You know, you couldn't buy a house. We've progressed so much, but then the, where we are falling short and kind of going in reverse is in birth, which is kind of weird. Isn't that crazy? Like we're advancing and becoming so much more empowered and vocal about like, um, taking up space as we should, as women, except when it comes to birth, we're going in reverse and we are like completely, um, you know, releasing the reins and giving them over to somebody that doesn't even know us intimately. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, um, you know, whatever my doctor knows best. And, um, you know, I'm just going to go with what, you know, my doctor said, which not saying all doctors are like this, but of course, you know, unfortunately many doctors do not have your best interest. Um, and yeah, you have to kind of, you know, be in control of that and, you know, we have more about all about that, like just kind of about how we can, how we've gotten here and kind of like what we can do, you know, to so much to say. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I mean, and with that, like, why is this important? Of course, you know, it's really what it comes down to is the, the experience of birth is so important. And we've talked about this in another podcast episode where, you know, your birth experience matters, um, is important. And, um, it basically, you know, um, is your introduction into your motherhood journey. And so that should be, um, honored, uh, that experience should be honored. And, uh, you know, just like the fact that, um, in the U S you know, our maternal death rates are so much higher than in other, um, you know, developed countries. And I'm going to drop some stats right here, um, that, you know, in, in the U S 17 out of every 100,000 of women, um, basically die, um, you know, are, are, are linked to a uh, maternal death. So maternal death is basically a woman who dies either in birth or one year after birth. That's it's linked to the maternal death rate. So in the U S that number is 17 out of every 100,000 women. And that is more than double of all other high income countries. The only country that comes even close to us is France and they're eight out of every hundred thousand women. So we're more than double of all maternal of, of all developed countries in our maternal death rates. Why would that be when the U.S. spends the most on healthcare? We have advanced healthcare so much in o- over the years. Um, so wh- what has changed? And then I, I have a feeling I can hear it in my in like the back of my head that people are going to be like, well, and that's why I said like you know obviously medical advances had have had to happen since like the caveman times. Um, and so of course maternal health rates, uh, maternal death rates have decreased over the years um, since you know, the beginning of time, of course, with medical advances, but in the past 25 years, they're increasing again, where in 2017, it was 17 per hundred thousand. And recently it has, uh, the most recent number is 24. So why is it going up and not down with all of these medical advances? And again, 
the U.S. spends the most on healthcare. What is happening? And I, we feel that a lot of this is, and we're going to get into this a little bit later on, um, it, mainly is that power structure in that women are kind of just going along and not being heard um, when there is a problem, you know? Yeah, 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 that's exactly right. It's crazy to that we spend so much money. It's insane. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, one of the, um, things that I, we were talking about the other day and I actually found this really good article and it's, um, it's all about the fact that we have such low standards when it Mm. comes to like bottom, bottom of the barrel, like this term right here drives me insane. But the fact that all we care about is a healthy baby is absolutely ridiculous. Mm. And let me preface that by saying, of course, we all want a healthy baby. Yes. (laughs) What, what does that even mean? That is like bottom of the barrel standards. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah. And it's like this constant thing of like, someone shares their birth experience. Um, and you know, it was traumatic or whatever. And it was like, well, at least you have a healthy baby. You know, it's like, stop telling women that they, how, how, that their birth and their birth experience doesn't matter. That's basically what you're saying when you're, that's what you're doing when you're saying that. And it might not be an intentional, but that's what you're saying. Um, and at the end of the day, like it does matter how you give birth Mm -hmm. really does. Like the way your baby was born actually does matter. Let's be real. Mm -hmm. Um, and how, you know, so the way they were born, whether it was a C-section or, you know, whatever, and then how this baby arrived and how your birth experience went, how, how did you feel? Um, all of that matters. So yes, Mm -hmm. it does matter. And it's so sickening and annoying to hear women say, you know, oh, you should feel grateful that you have a healthy baby. Isn't that all that matters? No, Sarah. That is not all that matters. There's so much more that matters. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, I actually saw something online the other day and it was basically like how, um, how people disregard C-section as a massive surgery. Um, but then like we will consider knee surgery is massive surgery, but C-section is like a routine procedure to people. And it's like, no, it's a massive massive surgery. They are cutting seven layers of tissue and they are basically take out your organs out of your body. That is massive. And that it's so disregarded as like, ah, it's just, you know, oh, you had a C-section, at least you had a healthy baby. No, like that's, it's it's actually a huge deal that you had a C-section. And again, most of our listeners probably know this, but Jenny and I ended up in C-sections and, you know, the research that we've done since then, um, you know, because we don't shame, obviously C-section moms. And sometimes, you know, unfortunately that that's what it ends up in and, um, you know, complications happen. We get that. Um, but at the end of the day, um, and this is, it sucks, but it's just the truth that, um, C-section babies are not the different, that's not the right word to use, but it it's, it's a, the baby or the infant is a, affected by a C-section. Um, and this is what's so wild is like a woman's body is so perfect that a vaginal birth, a baby coming out of like the vaginal canal 
the juices that the, the, the baby has to pass through protects the baby and, um, reinforces its immune system. It's freaking bananas to think, but that's how perfectly our bodies were made. So when you stop that process from happening and instead pull the baby out of the belly and not the vaginal canal, then the baby is not getting those juices that, um, improves its immune system. So it's been found that C-section babies actually have weaker immune systems. And in other countries, obviously not the U.S., in other countries, some will actually take the baby after the C-section and like put the vaginal juices onto the baby because they know and they see how important that is. And that's why how you give birth really does matter. Yeah. And not only do they have weaker immune systems, um, you know, a lot of C-section babies have, um, higher rates of, uh, asthma, um, and all, Mm. yeah, all these things. So basically what happens is like, this is why the, you know, physiological birth and like letting things happen the way that they're supposed to happen is so important because the way God made it all is, your the baby is pushed out and you know it's supposed to happen just like that and those juices that come like Wendy talked about like they're basically um how do I I don't even explain this without actually because there's a video on this and I'm like I can see it um but basically if a c-section baby is not being pushed out and those like I don't even know what to call them like the, the the things in their lungs and everything are not being you know, pushed out properly. That's why they have higher rates of, of, uh, of, um, asthma. So instead mm-hmm. they're missing out on that, basically that process right there. Uh, so the birth, like the process of the birth canal and being, and, and being pushed, pushed out of the out. birth canal is actually like improving their lung function. Correct. Cause that's how it's supposed to happen. And mm. so now you're basically now intervening and I get it. There's we, again, we both had C-sections and there are definitely situations where an emergency C-section has to happen, but just know mm. that if you are just choosing a C-section for whatever reason, and you just feel like that's the best thing for you, just know this, yeah. this, that, and in this, you know what I mean? Like the C-section babies actually have complications Yeah, and yeah. And, and honestly, our, our goal is, is obviously we would love to reduce the amount of C-sections, you know, that would be amazing overall, but even if there has to be C-sections, like we would love again, the evolution of the birth experience to at least try to make it a little bit more, um, humane that, that experience. I remember my arms being, um, like tied down, like, like a cross, like Jesus on the cross. Like that's so that that was my experience in my C-section, and little did I know now in the industry that we're in that you could choose to not have your arms tied down. You can uh, in some countries they they allow you to have like a clear cloth in front of you so you can actually see your baby coming out. You know, like there's oh you can request and of course again in other countries I don't know how open the U.S. Uh, hospital system will be doing to this what would be open to this but to have the vaginal juices put onto your baby after the c-section happens so like we would love to facilitate and see some change in the industry because you know 
Unfortunately, the C-section, C-section rate, cesarean section rate is not going down. It's only going up. And so, um, again, this is all part of the evolution of the birth experience is like that the C-section is supposed to be uncommon. It's not supposed to be, you know, so often. Um, and so like the C-section rate in, in the U S is only has continued to increase over the years where in like 1996, another stat I'm going to drop, um, in 1996, the C-section rate was 14%. And in 20, by 2019, um, so that's less than 10 years, it increased by 20 to 21%. So over 50% more C-sections have had happened in less than 10 years. And that number just continues to climb. I know there's like a hospital, I think it's called, I think it's Hialeah hospital in Miami. Cause again, you can ask your hospital. Um, and we talk about this in our courses and the, the way that we like coach our moms, you can ask our, your hospital for what their C-section rate is, because by law, they have to publish their C-section rate. There's a hospital in Miami in Hialeah, their C-section rate is over 50%. that's bananas. Wow. Yeah. That actually, now that you say that Brazil is crazy. So when I got, um, certified to, to, to do birth education, we kind of looked into Brazil and theirs is like over 75%, something crazy. Wow. Yeah. Like, like something that you wouldn't believe basically. I don't know the number, but yeah. yeah. And again, this is major surgery that it should not be happening. It should not be necessary. Um, 20, 30, 40, 50% of births should not be required to have emergency surgery. If that is happening, why? Yeah. Why is this happening? That's not normal. Our bodies are not broken. Yeah. And then we've put all these things into place in birth to supposedly help with things like, you know, the C-section rates and, oh, you know, things to help with a long or difficult birth. And what they have found is it hasn't changed any of those rates. Um, you know, they put something to in place that I, we learned about in like the seventies, I think it started in Ireland and it was like to prevent basically like, like long, difficult labors basically. And so they kind of put things in place and I was like, oh, well, you're expected to deliver in eight hours. And if, if not, if it's been 12 hours, you're going to have to have a C-section and you have to dilate at one centimeters. Um, or you're going to be given Pitocin. Like it had like this whole little script basically. And it works obviously very well for the hospital. And that Mm -hmm. has been in place. And the C-section rate has not decreased or changed just like the things that they put in place of, you know, electronic fetal monitoring systems, you know, that little um, machine that they put on your belly to track um, your contractions and, and the baby's heart rate that was put in place to supposedly help C-section. And it's been, it's, I think it's actually gotten worse. I was going to say it stayed the same, but I think it's actually gotten worse. So what are we doing here? What are we doing? Exactly. And, and what, and I think, I think, to that point is I think we're focusing on the wrong thing. Right. Yeah. So I think that, um, we're focusing on the electronic, um, monitoring system or whatever it is when really a woman needs a midwife. 
Mm. You know what I mean? That's more important than the electronic monitoring system. Um, because, you know, at the end of the day, again, all of this is, has been studied. There's research behind it all. Jenny and I are very, we love our stats. We love, we love facts. Like, don't tell me how you feel. Tell me what the facts are. You know, at the end of the day, obviously we care about your facts too. What is it? Facts don't have feelings. Facts, facts don't care about your feelings. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, uh, Again, another stat I'm going to drop here. So like the US and Canada, they actually have the lowest overall supply of midwives. Why is that? You know, so we don't have enough midwives to even care for the amount of women um, that we have all other in all other countries, they have between two and six times, like more midwives to births than we have in this country. And research has shown that having a midwife will dramatically or, and especially a doula will dramatically reduce the chances of a C-section, the chances of interventions, because whether you know it or not, and we've said this before, I don't know if we said it on another podcast episode or just on social media, but, um, doctors are trained surgeons, you know, midwives are there to care for the mother. And so, um, you know, that's why midwifery is so important because they're really there about the mother and like the OB is really there in case something goes wrong. That's what they're trained for. Um, and like when I was looking up these stats, like I even, and this was like kind of like shocking, shocking, but not shocking to me is that, and we were, Jenny and I were talking about this before, right before we came on here, that um, every single country except the U.S. provides one home visit after birth um, to the mother they go to your house except for the U S so the U S you have to, um, you know, get yourself dressed after you basically got hit by a Mack truck with your newborn baby, get into the car and drive to go and see your OB or, you know, your aftercare visit or whatever it is. When in all the countries, they come to see you because you, sh- you should be the one that matters, but no, in the U S we care so much about the t- their time, mm-hmm. not our own. Yeah, that I I never even thought about that when you said that. I just it's actually disgusting and yeah. <laughs> like you know, we're just like that's our standard. Like imagine yeah. if you have a C-section, you have all these stitches and I mean if you had a C-section, you know the struggle and you're mm-hmm. trying to get ready, you can barely even walk and you need to get to the to your doctor um so they can they can check your stitches because stuff. their time is so important. Right. And it makes me think of these women that we've worked with. I remember this one girl that we, you know, I was constantly helping her. She had a a really bad C-section, kind of like a botched one. And um, she had to keep going with a newborn baby and she didn't have any support. Her husband, like, I don't know what his deal was, but um, she had to keep going to the doctor. I would say she was there like every three days because she had an infection. So imagine that every three days you're like going back because you're like, you know, you have an infection, you just feel horrible, like, and you just bring in your baby over there. Like that's mm-hmm. crazy to me. Yeah. Yeah. And even honestly, even birth, birth centers do it too. I had to drive to my birth center yeah. to get my after, you know, care yeah. visit when it should, that's again, something else that we need to change in this, like the, the birth experience is 
the the honor the mother that just got hit by a by a train and go and see her to your her house and make sure that she's comfortable and not for you to be comfortable for her to come and you know inconvenience herself to come to you you know like there's so many things that we wish we would change and I, I we could change and you know we will obviously continue to to try to be the voice to make these changes happen um yeah yeah. Cause to, um, at least make an impact, you know, cause mm-hmm. you know, it takes, um, it's not easy to change something like this and we know it obviously, but, um, yeah. 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 So with that, you know, what has to change? <laughs> yeah. It's like, Oh, all this stuff. And then it, I was telling Wendy, I was like, well, then I just posted this in the, in the reel. I was like, the only way this is going to change is with you, girl. Like that's literally the only way that this is going to actually women becoming more vocal. It, yeah. We can make an impact and we can obviously um, share this information and, and stand up for our women, but women need to kind of just put their foot down and just stand up for themselves. It, you that know, this basic ass, like, how did you say the, the low ass expectations of care Yeah, are not acceptable. Standards are not acceptable. Exactly. Thank you. Yes. Low standards are not acceptable. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, and we know it's scary. Can we just Mm -hmm. say this real quick? Because we had a client that sent us a video, uh, uh, an audio of her asking questions. All she was doing was asking questions to her doctor, these questions that we all deserve to ask. Um, and after, and this is like a really strong girl, like she's not no, you know, pushover, but she told me that she was shaking after mm. that. that her voice was shaking and her hands were shaking. So we know that this is not easy. That is not what we're saying at all. But it is so necessary for you to like, and this is what we help you with is helping you, you know, um, dive into like your intuition, getting you the courage that you need to stand up for yourself and your baby and your experience. And, you know, it's not easy, but it's possible. And we promise, we promise you won't die. (laughs) It's going to feel like it. Yes. Yeah. Or you're not going to get in trouble by asking questions, asking your doctor and pushing back. You're not going to get in trouble, but what you will do is you will feel empowered. You're that, that power structure is going to shift and you're going to feel like you're in the driver's seat and you're going to be like, wait, hold up. You work for me. You know, like that shift in that power structure is incredible, is incredibly important, you know, and, um, and, and so that's what it's going to do at the end of the day. And not only that, it'll create a ripple effect where if you have a daughter, you know, you will know to empower her to ask those questions and then so on and so forth. And the more women that, that ask these questions and push back, you know, hopefully will create actual necessary change. So the first thing that has to change is women need to, you know, you need to stand up for yourself. Stop just going along with what the doctor wants, because unfortunately, you know, um, you know, and Jenny talks about this really great is like, you know, the current birth model is like, they, they scare you. They try to scare you. Like you said. Yeah. Yeah. It's just all about what's in the best interest for them. 
um, you know, we need to hurry up this process. You're not dilating the way that you need to, um, you know, your body's not progressing. It's just this fear urgency. Everything is like a deadline. You're on a clock. How do, how do we not get sued? Yeah. Yeah. Like we always say, as soon as you walk into that hospital girl, you on a clock. So are you ready for that? Cause that's, what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, you have to kind of, um, you know, and we will obviously, like we said, we help women with that, but we feel like every woman has the power within themselves, within them. We feel like everyone has that. And yes, some women are a little bit more like, ah, I don't care. I, I, I truly don't think that no one, no woman actually cares about their birth experience. When they say that, what that means is just, they're scared. They don't think that they're going to get that birth. They don't want to, uh, ruffle feathers. They don't. Yeah. Like there's so much more behind like, Oh, I don't care. Just give me the epidural. I'll just, that's a lie. It's a lie. That's a lie. But Mm -hmm. we don't work. Unfortunately, we're not in the business to like convince someone why their birth experience matters. That's not what Mm -hmm. we do. We like to work with the women that already have that little fire in them because we can feel it and they know that this matters to them and they're, you know, open-minded and, you know, so you don't have to be, I guess, I don't know, like a certain way. It's like, we'll help you kind of uncover that because everybody has it within them. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, with that and the way that you do that is by getting educated Um, and not just relying on what the doctor says. You know, because that's kind of how um, the industry works is like, well, my doctor said, you know, this, so I'm going to go with it. And it's like, how are you, how will you know if that's in your best interest, if you're not educating yourself on the process, you know, and that's why we find it so important. Like, obviously our, you know, birth class is, um, and it's a, it's, very robust. And we talk about all these things. We talk about your birth options. We talk about pros and cons and facts and all of these things in ours. Um, and there are other really great birth classes out there too, but how, uh, how will you know? And we say this all the time. How do you know what your options, you have no options. If you don't know what your options are, yeah. you have no options. You're just going with what they're telling you. Cause you don't know what your options are. So you have to get educated. Yeah. And if you're taking a hospital birth class, like you're basically learning their best practices. You're not learning about, you know, the birth process and why things happen the way they do and why you have pain and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. It's, um, what are the, our best practices? This is what we do. And basically FYI, so that you can be kind of aware of this is how things are going to go. Like that's basically how it is. And so, we highly suggest taking a private, you know, course that's outside of the hospital, because that's how, you know, you're getting that unbiased, you know, information, which is, you know, what we do, what we teach. Um, yeah. And then, um, also, um, you know, kind of, we talked a little bit about, we're all about kind of building your like support team, whether it's in birth or postpartum and, in general things you need to kind of start to think about your support system. Um, and what that means is, you know, um, you know, a midwife for doula, um, you know, like we talk about, um, 
you need, you know, that, that village. And we know that it's, it looks very, very different today, but it, it doesn't mean that it's not possible to kind of build that village for you. And I think, you know, we were talking about that, Wendy, I don't think we had that on here, but um, how basically other cultures have managed to kind of keep things the same, you know, birth, the mm. same. they figured out how to not change it basically, <laughs> but mm-hmm. like they figured out like, they have the same recovery process, you know, in other countries, they do the 40 days. Um, and they, what is it? The 10, 10, 10, or I don't remember what it is, but it's like 10 days on your bed, 10 days, 10 days off your bed, you know, whatever it is. Um, they eat certain foods, um, their rest, they're very like all about rest and recovery and they have a support system. So a lot of these countries, they have, nothing has changed for them because they've just you know, stay true, I guess, to, to birth. Yeah. And that's kind of like wraps it up perfectly where the evolution of the birth experience is, um, bringing it back to its roots and we need to work to reintegrate tradition back into the evolution of the birth experience and bring it back to the basics. And, um, again, um, standing up for yourself, giving the power back to the woman, um, you know, where it belongs and, um, you know, getting educated, knowing your options, um, you know, getting support, the right support, just having advocacy um, it, through this process, especially you're if, especially if you're giving birth, birth in a hospital, you know, all of these things need to change in order for that birth experience to get back to it's like, um, like the primal nature of what it is. And it should be this beautiful experience that unfortunately has been like really um, tarnished by the advances in the medical system. And again, we're going to say it a million times, the advances in the medical system. Yes, we know that they save lives, but they've tarnished like the beautiful experience that is birth. And so um, our mission is to kind of bring that back um, and shift that power back to the woman where it belongs. Yeah. Um, and with that also, um, I think within the next week, we'll actually be sharing how we're going to be doing that. Um, and we're going to be talking a little bit more about, you know, our, our services, our, our, um, you know, what we offer women, um, because we do truly believe in what, you know, we're talking about. So we basically, we build that, you know, we, that's Mm -hmm. what we're all about. We want to build, um, what is it like put your money with your mouth, where mouth is, or I don't know what it is, but where do we talk about creating a support system, um, and, you know, empowerment and educating and all that. And, um, that's exactly what, what we, what we do. So we have a little bit more information coming up next week and you'll hear all about it and what that actually looks like. Yes. Yes. So definitely make sure to follow along. We have a lot to reveal in the next week. Um, so many things, um, coming up in the works. Um, so yeah, just keep an eye out. Yeah. That's a wrap episode four done. Um, and, uh, yeah, we will see you guys or not see you guys, um, talk to you guys on the next episode. See ya. Bye. Thanks for listening to pure motherhood uncensored with your hosts, Jenny and Wendy. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, we'd love for you to subscribe and leave us a review.
If you really loved hanging out with us, head on over to Instagram and give us a follow at Pure Motherhood Co. It's where you really get to know us. Or visit our website at www.puremotherhood.co, that's .co, to learn about how you can work with us and buy yourself some of our awesome products. Make sure to check out the show notes for any links or resources. And again, thank you for listening.